Greetings. I'm Larry Hubley, here to read and share from today's passage from Genesis 33. Life is about to have a dramatic shift for Jacob. After a 20-year separation, he is to be reunited with his twin brother Esau, who had threatened to kill Jacob if he was given, ever given the opportunity. Esau, who was coming to meet Jacob, had 400 men in tow. One can but wonder how this is going to turn out. We do know God has faithfully fulfilled his promises to Jacob to provide, protect, and prosper him. And while Jacob has yet to make the Lord his God, there are some promising signs. He prays to God, and he's been willing to obey God when he told him it was time to return home and face his brother. Of Esau, we know nothing except he's bringing 400 men with him. For what purpose, we do not know. But we're about to find out. Listen as we read this account from Genesis 33, the New Living Translation. Then in the distance, Jacob saw Esau coming with his 400 men. Jacob now arranged his family into a column with his two concubines and their children in the front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then Joseph went, Jacob went on ahead. As he approached his brother, he bowed low seven times before him. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him affectionately and kissed him. Both of them were in tears. And then Jacob looked at the women and the children and asked, Who are these people with you? These are the children God has graciously given me, Jacob replied. Then the concubines came forward with their children and bowed low before him. Next, Leah came with her children, and they bowed down. Finally, Rachel and Joseph came and made their bows. And what were all the flocks and herds I met as I came, Esau asked. Jacob replied, they are gifts, my Lord, to ensure your goodwill. Brother, I have plenty, Esau answered. Keep what you have. No, please accept them, Jacob said, for what a relief it is to see your friendly smile. It's like seeing the smile of God. Please take my gifts, for God has been very generous to me, and I have more than enough. Jacob continued to insist, so Esau finally accepted them. Well, let's be going, Esau said. I will stay with you and lead the way. But Jacob replied, You can see, my lord, that some of the children are very young, and the flocks and herds have their young too. If they're driven too hard, they may die. So go on ahead of us. We'll follow at our own pace and meet you at Seir. Well, said Esau, at least let me leave you some of my men to guide and protect you. There's no reason for you to be so kind to me, Jacob insisted. So Esau started back to Seir that same day. Meanwhile, Jacob and his household traveled on to Succoth. There he built himself a house and made shelters for his flocks and herds. That's why the place was named Succoth. Then they arrived safely at Shechem in Canaan, and they set up camp just outside of town. Jacob bought the land he camped on from the family of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of silver. And there he built an altar and called it El, El 
Israel. Wow. What a reunion these brothers had. Ripley would probably say, believe it or not. Well, it's in the Bible, so I'm going to believe it. Esau runs to meet Jacob, embraces him affectionately. Tears flow, tears of joy and relief. And Jacob, interestingly, gives God all the glory for the things he has graciously and generously done for him. Isaiah was to write later, Since the world began, no ear has heard, nor eye has ever seen a God like you, who works for those who wait for him. And still later, Paul in his letter to the Ephesians had this to say, Now, glory be to God. By his mighty power at work within us, he is able to accomplish infinitely more than we ever dare ask or hope. And after this, the brothers part. Esau, Esau heads home to Seir, Jacob to settle his family and all that they brought with him in their new home. And then Jacob builds an altar and calls it El, Elohi, Israel, meaning God, the God of Israel. The Lord, the God of his grandfather Abraham, the God of his father Isaac, has become the Lord, the God of Israel, the new Jacob. And so, the brothers have been very successfully reunited. But there's really something far more important that has occurred, something for which the brothers' successful reunion is simply the result. Jacob has been reconciled to God. God's plan for the redemption of humankind can move forward. His plan from the beginning from the moment Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sinned. Since that time, down to the very present, the Lord has been using the most unlikely of persons with which to accomplish his purposes. Who of us would have chosen an Abram or a Jacob? The Lord has this enormous pool of dysfunctional persons from which he has to choose. And he must always strive, as it were, to attempt to make lemonade with the lemons he's given. You see, what he has is ordinary people. Typically, many of them are unschooled in his ways. These are the folks that he chooses from. People, if you will, like you and me. Yet... Surprisingly, God has a ministry for such people. But there's a difference. He's made them new. Paul writes of this in the second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, about those that have made the Lord their God. Paul calls them Christians. And I quote, What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They're not the same anymore, for the old life is gone. A new life has begun. All this newness of life is from God, who brought us back to himself through what Christ did. Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, along with a host of others, are listed 
in the old, from the Old Testament are listed in Hebrews chapter 11. And we read that they have received God's approval because of their faith. In the account of Jacob and others, what's been going on is that God, to quote from 2 Corinthians, has been reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And it's to people like this that he has given the task of reconciling people to him. In other words, people for whom the Lord is now their God. But there's a concern that Paul raises. Actually, he pleads, he says, be reconciled to God. And if we note from the, the account of Jacob, he has been reconciled first with God. He's made the Lord his God. God confirms this by blessing him and giving him a new name and recognition that he's becoming a new person. And a short while later, Jacob himself confirms this when he builds the altar, and he calls it El, Elohi, Israel, meaning God, the God of Israel. Israel, the newly reconciled, the new man, Jacob. It's a beautiful story of God's faithfulness and redeeming love. And so, dear friends, first, be reconciled to God, and then hang on. Who knows what is yet to come? We can hardly imagine. Let's pray, shall we? Oh, Lord our God, we praise you for all the efforts to reconcile the world to you. I thank you that in your love and your great mercy, you have taken the time and the effort to make me one of the most unlikely of all possible choices to be one of yours. May you never stop reaching out to reconcile the world to yourself, never until Christ returns. We know you won't. And so we give thanks to God, who does indeed give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.